0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. We hear about tales of extinction and survival on islands from across the world. Now, the dodo gets a bit of a bad rap, but there's more to that story than meets the eye, and it's not just a tale of a bird's stupidity. It's a lot more intricate than that. Plus, we find out about other species that have gone extinct in islands, from different causes of migration and predation. Now, it's not nice to be made fun of. Most of us at some point in our life have been teased or called names. And if you're particularly dim-witted or have a moment of uh, baffling forgetfulness, you might be called dumb as a dodo. And that name has stuck around as an insult for hundreds of years, longer than, well, we've known about the bird in Western society. That bird died out and went extinct, and it has a really rough and perhaps unfair reputation for being incredibly stupid. Mostly because it was apparently so easily hunted to death and didn't really put up much of a fight and just disappeared. But a recent paper published in the journal Scientific Reports by a group of researchers from the Natural History Museum in London have put together some of the mystery behind the dodo to show that it's not just a forgetful and somewhat stupid bird, but rather there's more to play at here than we first thought. A complicated series of climate, invasive species and human interaction caused the demise of the dodo which, otherwise, we were not really fully aware of. Now, the dodo itself is an extinct flightless bird with the scientific name of Raphus caculatus. And it was very, very common on the island of Mauritius, which is an island in the Indian Ocean just east of Madagascar. And the fact that this island was so isolated and so removed, really, from anything else, meant that this flightless bird actually occupied an ecological niche that made it incredibly well suited to its environment. It was about a metre tall, weighing between 10 and 18 kilos. And most of what we know about dodos are from the work of Portuguese sailors who visited the island of Mauritius around the 15 to 1600s and made note and comment about it. They actually often fed on it because when you're traveling the great Lengths of the Indian Ocean, any type of food that you can get your hands on, you will eat. And the dodo was particularly easy to get their hands on, and the meat was apparently tasting quite good. People brought back samples back to Europe, uh, including, including heads and other fl- plumage and other elements that remain. Maybe some skeletons too, but not a lot actually is known about the bird at the time, at least from a scientist's perspective, because. Whilst the first recorded mention of dodos by Dutch sailors was around 1598, the last accepted, widely accepted sighting of the dodo was in 1662. So that's a a pretty much 70 year period of time where that species just was wiped out. Yes, they only inhabited a small island, but that's a pretty rapid journey to extinction. Now, a lot of the mythology that we have about Dodo's being particularly stupid was helped solidified in popular culture and song. Uh, There was a lot of different texts about it, including its role in the, uh, the book by Lewis Carroll, Alice Adventures in Wonderland. And ever since then, it's basically a good idol or symbol for obsolescence or extinction, or maybe the perils of humanity interacting with the natural world. Now, the Dodo itself, as a small flightless bird, sort of exists on a rare branch of the evolutionary tree, for birds... The only other closest surviving living relative of the dodo is the Nicobar pigeon, which is a flighted bird, but not a flightless one. But it's quite an unusual evolutionary niche that it had adapted to on the island of Mauritius. Because island of Mauritius is so far removed from all other sources of interaction with the outside world, the species that developed there, much like the Galapagos, become very very interesting and unique Now, the island of Mauritius is also quite interesting. Because it was removed and isolated, there weren't many large predators there. And that meant that a bird like the dodo, very large and flightless, could exist quite comfortably there without much threat from predators who would eat it, higher above it in the food chain. Now, there was another interesting aspect of the dodo's life cycle that came to play an important role here and why it went extinct, as was investigated by a team of researchers from the Natural History Museum in London. Now, because Mauritius, is, because Mauritius is battered by storms, particularly in the austral summer, which is when they get a lot of cyclones, particularly from the end of March, the island itself is battered by all kinds of very difficult and very violent storms, high winds, lots of flooding, and it's not really an ideal time. And that's tricky because the dodos themselves at that point, young dodos who are ageing, start to molt and, and lose their initial feathers and grow their adult feathers. And now that, that ending part of the summer, when all the cyclones are battling and battering the island of Mauritius, is when these little chicks or baby dodos need to be strong enough to survive. And so interestingly, they found that the, the dodos, by examining the, the female samples and specimens that they have, and the records from the time, were laying eggs that hatched in around September. And so they had a brief, the chicks that hatched had a very brief period before the cyclone started in March to fully grow and adapt and be ready for the very, very harsh and difficult end of summer season. Now, all of this information was determined by actually studying the microscopic bone structure and any microscopic samples of crushed dodo bones. You can work back through that to help understand how this worked. Now, The other interesting aspect of the fact that these birds evolved and had to age so rapidly also meant that their eggs and their chicks were at particular risk before the very harsh summer. And if anything was around there to interfere or get attached to or interrupt, this reproductive cycle could lead to devastating impacts on the birds. So they really only had a three to four month period where they had to get all their growing done before the storms came. And if there were anything introduced to the island, Like, maybe, say, rats or cats. Not necessarily predators that would eat the dodos themselves, but just make that little bit more difficult life for those hatchlings as they tried to prepare for the coming storms would have had a dramatic impact on the survivability of the species. Now, on the ships from Arab explorers or merchants and Portuguese sailors, they would have brought with them rats which stowed away aboard the boats, and... The sailors had cats on the boats to help hunt these rats to prevent them from spreading plague and disease and other things. And once they landed on these islands, these species as well started spreading to the island and introducing a predator or a disruptive species that had havoc and dangerous consequences for the Dodo's hatchlings. These rats would eat the eggs or these cats would attack the young chicks. And the end result of that, is that the dodo itself couldn't really survive anymore. It didn't have enough time to prepare itself for the coming cyclone storms. So when those storms came, they were in no position to be ready, and they were wiped out slowly but surely. So despite the fact that humans were eating them, they were under a lot more threat, and that threat was more substantial and year-round. Because the introduced species interrupted the breeding cycle of the dodo, and remove that brief window of hope between the start of summer and the storms that occurred, the dodos actually perished. Not just because they were stupid, but because they were under attack from hunters eating them for their flesh, from cats and other introduced pests who were hunting their young chicks, as well as rats who were eating and cracking their eggs. You throw all these things together and add a cyclone or two, and you can see that the dodo had a very very tough life indeed and it is no surprise that it went extinct so it's not really a tale of obsolescence and stupidity it's more a tale of the dangers of introduced species and the damage that they can wreck to natural environments there's some great work being done published in the journal scientific reports by researchers from the natural history museum in london Now, the dodo wasn't the only species to go extinct on an island because of interactions with humans coming in on ships and visiting and changing the environment around it. Human settlement has always posed a risk to the extinction of animals, particularly new arrivals of different kinds of humans. And in the Caribbean, that's no exception. The influx of sea traders, explorers and so on in the Caribbean saw a lot of islands that had otherwise seen very low interaction with humans suddenly become centres of the shipping, navigation, and even growing of major crops like sugar and other tropical plants in the region. And all of that spelt doom for a species in particular, the Jamaican monkey called Xenorith MacGregory. And it looks likely that this particular species of monkey was one of the most recent types of primate species anywhere in the world to become extinct. And a team of researchers from John Hopkins University School of Medicine, led by Siobhan Cook, who's an assistant professor of functional anatomy at John Hopkins, recently published a paper in the Journal of Mammology. And they have been studying the remains of these monkeys and trying to piece together from the remains and other sources what led to this species' demise. The first important part to note here is that, yes, it is interesting to look at all these species disappearing in the past, and it's all difficult to do so, because a lot of the time our evidence is often indirect. However, it can be built upon, and combined with other sources, historical sources and scientific sources, to build up a picture of how it works. We know how species go extinct now, and we can apply that same methodology as to how they would have gone extinct in the past and make predictions on this. But likewise, it's actually important to study the extinction of species in the past historically because that can help us understand how species may go extinct now and how we can adjust our conservation efforts to make sure we don't lose more species in the future, either through increased predation, destruction of resources or habitats or through the impact of things such as climate change. So that's why Siobhan Cook and her team do a lot of research into this area to try and understand how we can best protect the animals in the current by learning from the past. The first thing that they did is to do radiocarbon dating of a fossilised leg bone from one of the Jamaican monkeys that they found on the island. And the actual dating from that period of time shows that 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 monkey, or at least relatives of that monkey, arrived in Jamaica during the Miocene, and that's roughly 23 million to 250 million years ago. They likely arrived to the islands through large mats of vegetation, and scientists know that when there's a big storm, like a hurricane, or another dramatic event like an earthquake or a landslide, this can cause big rafts of tree beds and tree bases and undergrowth and soil to sort of slip into the ocean and travel long ways across the ocean currents. And we call these vegetation mats that, that that's how many species travel to these incredibly remote islands at times. And that's a well-understood transport mechanism for everything from spiders to more complicated species. Now, it's likely that the monkeys arrived on these large mats during, say, in the aftermath of a hurricane and began to adapt to this new habitat. And interestingly enough, at those islands 23 million years ago, there wasn't many predators at all. And there was little competition for all the resources. Since the only other mammal on those islands at the time, that we can see from the fossil records, is again rats, small creatures. So a small monkey would find itself at home amongst all this fruit and other resources that are available for it, with no predators in sight. Now, we found previously things such as fossilized teeth and bones in in caves on the islands of Jamaica in 1920. And we can determine from that that these creatures likely survived on fruits and nuts and had long tails and lived in the trees, like sloths hanging from there and, and not having to get out of the way of predators too often. But to figure out why it went extinct, we've had to be doing a lot of digging. We've got some ideas in the 1990s when Ross McAfee of the American Museum of Natural History discovered another set of bones, this time with a cranial specimen and a leg bone in a cave on the southern coast of Jamaica. Now, researchers are building on that previous study, working with collaborators like Cook from John Southern University of University of California, Irvine. They dated different samples and actually estimated that that monkey that they have the skull for actually died roughly 1500 years ago that places it somewhere around 500 to 570 CE and that's that's incredibly interesting because we know from other information that human habitation occurred on the islands of Jamaica from roughly 600 to 900 CE so that's that's roughly when we have dates for when non-European humans, or just anyone in general, actually made it to the island of Jamaica. So that means that the monkey was there before humans, and meant it had a place on the island. And it's interesting, because it's pretty much the longest surviving Caribbean primate, as far as we know. Now, because we have proof of these monkeys being on the island, only a couple of hundred years before humans made it there, there's no reason to suspect that these monkeys had died out. Now, we haven't found direct evidence like monkey bones in the leftover remains of a human settlement on the Caribbean island, but it's pretty strong evidence to suggest that these monkeys actually did coexist with humans all the way through to hundreds of years ago when human settlement on the islands was more established. So we don't know exactly what caused these little creatures to go extinct, but with no natural predator and no other major disruption or change, the arrival of humans, in this case some indigenous peoples settling on the island around 800 or 900 C.E., That suggests that they themselves actually either hunted or led to causes such as impact-juicing new predators or disrupting their breeding cycle that caused this monkey to go extinct. So the extinction of species in Mauritius or Jamaica or anywhere else across the world is very, very fascinating because we can learn from that how susceptible species are to sudden shocks. And when there is a sudden shock like this on a really isolated, well-developed niche, like these island-based creatures. When humans come, or any other species for that matter, or sudden change, maybe a change in climate or availability of a food source, these species are at great risk. So this is some great work published in the Journal of Mammology, and goes to show how we need to take care and learn from the mistakes of the past and keep watch on threatened species on islands that might be susceptible to biological shocks to make sure they don't go extinct. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Green Point. Now we found out about how two species went extinct the dodo and the Jamaican monkey, and how that's connected to the waves of migration and change in climates on these island countries. Our ending theme was composed by AudioNatics. Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.